welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, here with Light, the Light-Fingered Thief. I'm here to steal all of your fine art. I think Light and I are going are, are in trouble today with our Dungeon Master for a podcast that we did. Ooh. So our Dungeon Master is here, John. Yes, uh, John's here to correct the record on uh, <laughs> old-school Dungeons & Dragons art and... Uh, make a stand against the shade you guys were throwing oh no we've done something terrible if you if you go back through our archives the last couple a few weeks back we did two episodes on role-playing game art and the first one was just dungeons and dragons art and i mentioned uh some things you did i think uh i think the quote was um some of the original dungeons and dragons art uh, maybe the monster manual specifically had a napoleon dynamite uh, <laughs> aesthetic to it I, I really think napoleon dynamite was attempting to have the old school a and d aesthetic to his drawings mm, maybe maybe <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this uh very early first edition 1970s art so the the art i will agree with you that the art in the original um white brown box OD&D uh, left a lot to be desired. But for me, having started in, actually the first edition I played in would be the um, the original basic Dungeons & Dragons box set by Holmes with the beautiful David Sutherland red dragon wizard with his pointy hat and fighter um, on the cover. And, I, and the first thing I bought was the Errol Otis covered uh, basic BX sets. So for me, I, my nostalgia and my sweet point is the old art pre um, 1983, pre, oh, what's his name? I can't even remember their names. Larry Elmore? Larry Elmore. Oh, Larry Elmore. Oh, you're, yeah. That's you're, you're, you're heathen. <laughs> pre, you know, characters or gods that can fight a red dragon with no armor on <clears throat> and uh yeah so i really love the david sutherland uh definitely the david trampier um player's handbook is probably my favorite fantasy role-playing art of all time um, so so wait i'm not as familiar with the names of of sutherland and trampier which ones did they do like what covers and what what did they because i'm familiar with the art i've seen the covers a million times in the interior well i've got the interior of the arts on my shelves you know so. yeah so the uh so david sutherland was one of the first artists to be hired he actually i think was tsr's first art director he's the one that would have went on to hire elmore and caldwell um parkinson, parkinson um, yep. yeah but he originally did the art he did the cover art for the original monster manual and dungeons master's guide and dave trampier did um the player's handbook and a lot of the interior illustrations i believe he did the box set for um gamma world the original gamma world box set um but yeah he did the dungeon master screen the original dungeon master screen which is uh, very well regarded. So those two specifically, there is something amateurish about Sutherland, especially his earlier stuff. I, I get it, but his characters are much more mortal, more human, regular guys. And it really kept 
captured my imagination as a six, seven year old. Um, and then followed by artists like Rosoff, who did the cover for Keep on the Borderlands. And that's uh, our fellow player, Lynn's character name. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hyperborea. Errol Otis, of course, is. I love Errol Otis. Yeah. He was one of the guys. Um, I'm going to forget some of the other uh, Jeff D and Bill Willingham. Um, that era of art for me is is the best. Errol Otis did the cover for the Swords and Wizardry book. Well, one of the Swords and Wizardry editions. But he's also doing uh, something. So he just they just put out online a picture that Errol Otis recently did. That's for old school essentials. I don't yeah, know if that's going to be a cover for the box or what. what yeah, they're doing a uh, they're doing a re-release of the classic fantasy box set with the modular different books in it, and he he did a new cover art piece for that, which is fantastic. I might uh, have he's to the one that. that's really kept. He's a still alive. Um, Sutherland and Trampier both have both passed away, but he's still alive, and he's still very active in the uh role-playing game art world so well i like errol otis's art more than a lot of people working today like i i just really love his style the look of it the colors are great i'm a big errol otis fan i i, I love it i i'm every time i see something his, oh this is wonderful and i take time and mm-hmm. it's, it's good i love it i like uh the monsters that he does because they're all very creepy and cthulhu-esque <laughs> yeah yeah, he definitely has a Cthulhu aesthetic to his monster art. And I got at least one, maybe more, some old dungeon mags that Errol Otis did the cover of over there. That those boxes of dungeon mags have been sitting there for years. Yeah, <laughs> there's he's done some good stuff. Now, have you seen what Castles and Crusades has been doing lately? Uh, Troll Lord Games with their covers. I've seen the what Dungeon Masters, the new you know, Castle Keeper's Guide, I guess it is. So yeah, the Castle Keeper's Guide, the Player's Guide, and apparently I've seen a cover that they've recently released an image of the Monsters and Treasure that is a new artist, like some modern artist, redoing essentially the covers from the original three uh, Dungeon Master's Guide uh, Player's Handbook and monsters manual so that monsters manual that i called napoleon dynamite they are doing a uh, a homage to it for the new monsters and treasure printing it looks like so it looks yeah. cool yeah it looks really good it looks really good um i'll always prefer the original but it's nice that they uh, are paying homage to it since it's, it's <laughs> such, such a classic of the role-playing game art it seems to even capture the the dungeon master's guide and player's guide doesn't really lean into the coloring more just the composition and the concept and the kind of like oh, okay let's put it out this way but the the monsters and treasure looks like it's kind of like capturing the, the was that a pegasus or something up in the, that was fly what was that oh no that was a, a centaur or something isn't it on the front there oh yeah there's a- i got it over there on the shelf i should go i should have brought it over here before i started doing this <laughs> Yeah, they, he's got a, he's got a unicorn, um, a, a purple worm in the cavern underneath. Again, it it it's not the greatest art I get it in the world, but it does a really good job of conveying what it is to play, in some of the different encounters you can have, the different um, areas you would explore, um, which is why I enjoy that old artwork so much. Um, it not only conveys the heroic aspects, but some of the more, you know, mundane parts of 
um, adventuring. Yeah. Well, one of the things like I'm a big fan of Errol Otis, and I don't think that a lot of people who are into some of the modern art are as into him because he doesn't capture that um, super heroic type feel, like you said. And I can see how definitely you can see a lot of second edition characters as being seen as that too, because it did kind of get bland in your face, those dragons coming straight out at you all <laughs> wacky and crazy. And it does get kind of overly dramatic over the top. I do like that stuff though. I, I, I like Frazetta and a lot of those other ones too, that from that. Oh, uh, now don't. Yeah. I was not, I was not casting shade on Frazetta. At all. <laughs> <laughs> had, had he had TSR hired him, I would have been completely uh, happy. He's, he's definitely in a, in a league of his own. What that, those I got some of those modules, those Conan modules TSR did, and they're just pictures of Arnold on the front. I wish it was some Frazetta art on the front. Oh, that way, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they're pulling from the Arnold movies at the time, trying to cash in on the popularity of the Hollywood movies with Arnold. So yeah, yeah. It was, it was probably and honestly, I've never ran those or or done anything with those. They're just there. <laughs> no, they're, just there. <laughs> they're just there for nostalgia purpose. <laughs> Maybe I need to break it out sometime and try to use it for something. No, I mean, um, in terms of the art, I do much prefer the older art because it's painted, like, yeah. you know, live painted, while with some of the newer stuff that's coming out is all CG colored. So a lot of the Troll Lord stuff that they're putting out, like we mentioned the covers for the Castle Keeper's Guide and Monster Manual, it's like, I agree with the concept. I like the concept, like the homage. I hate the coloring. The coloring, just this weird sh shiny sheen over it, that CG, that just drives me nuts. So I don't like that piece of it. Yeah, I, I'm a bigger fan of, of uh, art done by hand. I, I appreciate some digital art, but I really like the um, hand done art more than anything. It depends, digital art. I think certain things work better than others when it comes to digital, but I, I, there's definitely an element for like, so when I was into illustration and, and design as a, as a living, I, I was a big fan of more vector illustration for illustration, especially things that can be done really impressively with vector. A lot of times people just think that's some kind of flat uh, cutout looking, I don't know how to describe it, but sometimes when you say vector art, people think that just means you're doing something flat and two-dimensional that's not impressive, but there's some really good stuff that can be done through vector art as opposed to just raster art. So I'm not going to go into that because we'll have to be holding on a discussion <laughs> for another day. Yeah, vector and raster is a separate discussion, but yes. But in terms of, you know, again, with art, I much prefer, again, you know, the hand-drawn on substrate versus on a tablet or computer screen and colored by a computer screen. Yeah. I agree 100%. You know, even the comic book art today, many of the big publishers, it's all CG, and I, I absolutely hate it. I can't read any of the, you know, current comics just because of the the art and coloring is so is, is so bad. <laughs> well, that's about all we have time for today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and give us a positive review wherever you're listening to it at. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Give us a like and a follow. Our website is wobbliesandwizards.com. And keep those dice rolling. Keep them rolling. You're going to need them. Bye-bye.